Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Detroit Nightmare Podcast. Today, I'm going to be previewing the 1-2 and two New Orleans Saints versus the 1-2 and two Detroit Lions. Both teams, like I just said, 1-2, and two, looking to go back to 500. Saints haven't been on a three-game skid since 2016. Lions obviously don't want to drop to 1-3 and three heading into the bye. I still think that, you know... As much as everybody obviously wants the Lions to go to 2-2 two and two at the bye, I think that this game is a matter of two things. The Packers are 3-0. I think most likely, barring significant injury, the Packers are probably going to be winning the division. But I will say this. If the Lions head into the bye at 2-2, two and two, I still think the door is open for the Lions to you know, fight for the division at least. But if they go ahead and go one and three into the bye, I don't think everything, all hope is is gone. I still think the Lions could still fight for a playoff berth. I mean, I still think that's possible, but I mean, you're going to have to beat a lot of teams after that bye week, which shouldn't be that hard. I mean, we, I talked about it in my game recap on Monday. I think The Lions have a manageable schedule after the bye. I mean, they, you know, they come out of the bye and, you know, you're facing teams like the Falcons and the, you know, the Jaguars and the the Vikings who are 0-3. You face them twice. You face a Bears team that you know you should have won in week, should have beaten week one. You know, you face the Titans who Minnesota just dropped 30 on them. So, you know, I think... It's manageable. I think if the Lions go two and two, and they they have beaten the Cardinals and they have also beaten the Saints, well, you're just gonna assume that the game versus the Bears in Week One was just a fluke. The Lions at that point should have been three and one going into the bye, but that's besides the point. If they go two and two into the bye, I can honestly see ten wins for the Lions. I honestly can see ten wins for the Lions. If they, you know, obviously beat the Saints there, they'd have to go 8-4 and the rest of the way. But if they lose to the Saints, that puts them in a tough position. And I said this in my game preview last week for the Cardinals. It looks like the Saints are not going to be division winners that easily. The Buccaneers have looked pretty decent. I mean, pretty decent. They haven't looked amazing, but they've looked pretty decent. The Falcons, in my opinion, are the unluckiest team in the whole NFL. They should honestly be 2-1 or 3-0 right now. Instead, they're 0-3. They have blown so many leads, so you can't just you know assume that they're going to fight for the division. But the Saints are not going to have an easy path to the division. So you have to win games like this against possible tie-breaking scenarios that happen at the end of the year. You know, it could be... You know, down to a final game where Lions are nine and six, and they have to win one more game to get to ten and six. But guess what? The Saints would also be nine and six, and if they win, they'd be ten and six also. Well, the Saints and the Lions would both be ten and six at that point. And guess what? Because the Saints beat the Lions previously in the year, they would win the tie-breaking scenario. I said that about the Cardinals. I thought I don't think the Cardinals are going to win the division. I think honestly, the Seahawks are going to win the division. But the Cardinals are going to be in the wild card mix. And remember, this year there's three wild card spots. So 
Now that we have beaten the Cardinals, if it came down to it, we have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. So a team like New Orleans, who I still think will probably win their division, will probably be in tiebreaking scenarios with Tampa Bay. I still think you got to do it. you got to win this game. So if it came down to that final game and, hey, we have an even record with the Saints, you're sitting there saying at least we have the tiebreaker over the Saints. You're not really worried past that. That's how important this game is this Sunday. The Lions, they failed to beat the Bears. They failed to beat the Packers. We, we, you know, we've gone over that. We're over it. But now you kind of have to dig yourself out of a little mini hole. They dug themselves an 0-2 hole. They're now 1-2. You beat the Cardinals. Great job. If you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to my game recap. I applauded Matt Patricia for his coach. And I applauded the offense for, you know, sticking to the run game. I applauded the defense for being able to pick off Kyler Murray three times. But in this league, in the NFL, in this business, you've got to stay consistent. And every week you win, you got to look at the next week and go face another team. You beat the Cardinals. They were a 2-0 team. But why is it that we feel we're more worried about this game against the Saints? Well, that's because they have a future Hall of Famer at quarterback. They have Alvin Kamara, who's a top three running back in the whole NFL. And from the looks of it, you're probably going to get Michael Thomas back, who was the Offensive Player of the Year last year. So the defense is going to struggle this weekend. The offense might struggle this weekend. They have Cam Jordan coming off the end. They have, you know, Marshawn Lattimore probably going to be shadowing Galladay. We'll see if the Lions are up to the challenge. We'll see if they can stay consistent and show some of those good habits that we saw against the Cardinals this past week. See if Matt Patricia could put up another great game plan, this time against a coach that is way more experienced than Cliff Kingsbury and Sean Payton. So let's break it down. The Saints offense, you know, prolific in its years. This year they rank 18th on offense. The Lions rank 19th on offense. So, you know, just one ranking behind. I think the Lions offense could be so much better. And, and and I bet that some Saints fans or some, you know, Saints players will tell you that, too, is that their offense could be way better. They were without Michael Thomas for, you know, the last two games as, you know, the Lions were without Kenny Galladay for the first two games. Kind of seems like the offenses are very similar. Teams without their number one wide receiver for a good portion. Both quarterbacks kind of looking a little rusty to start the season. Trying to stick with the run game, though it doesn't always work. And so this week will kind of be the week where one of the offenses will prove better than the other. The Saints rank 18th in offense. Lions rank 19th in offense. In, def- in offense. And then the defense, that's a little bit different. The Saints rank 10th in defense, and the Lions rank all the way 28th in defense. They were ranked... I believe 31st were the Lions ranked in defense. And I think this past week literally shot them up to 28. So if you're able to, you know, stop Kamara, stop Michael Thomas, which is easier said than done. If you're able to stop those two, I think you probably have a good shot of winning this game. 
I think, you know, Emmanuel Sanders hasn't been, you know, himself in this offense. I don't think Traquan Smith has been targeted enough. Um, Latavius Murray is the second running back for the Saints. I don't think that they've used him for enough carries. They're using him as the primary running back in that system. And Kamara more the catching back. But this offense is not as multidimensional as it has been in previous years. Breeze has not thrown it down the field much. He's thrown a lot of checkdowns. Now, those checkdowns can be dangerous. You're throwing a checkdown to Kamara. I think he exploded one for about 55 yards this past week against the Packers. So, you know, the Lions are, are, are maybe going to be getting Desmond Trufant back. He knows a lot of the Saints, you know, offense, how it functions. He's shadowed Michael Thomas for so many years uh, when he was with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think if he's back, you got to really have him shadow Michael Thomas, maybe move Jeff Okuda over to the slot to maybe shadow uh, Traquan Smith, or uh, maybe he goes ahead and covers Emmanuel Sanders. We're going to have to see, but... You know, I think this Lions defense really, really is going to start getting better. And it's easy to say that because of the fact is that we just saw them against Arizona. And, you know, we're all optimistic about the season again. You know, they they bought you back in. Um, But I truly feel like that if, you know, the Lions are able to put up a good defensive game, we're not talking about wins and losses here. We're talking about if they're able to at least put up a good defensive game plan, pressure breeze, sack them, maybe get a pick off again or or, you know, make life difficult for Drew Brees and not just letting him sit in the pocket there and, and dart it left and right to Kamara and Thomas and Manuel Sanders and everything. I seriously think the Lions defense, you know, we could be a little bit more optimistic about it. But that, you know, we're going to have to see, you know, what's going to happen there. You know, going off of the Lions offense, they haven't been themselves either. They haven't really thrown any deep passes either. It's almost mirroring the Saints' deep, uh, offense. Yeah, Galladay wasn't there for the first two weeks, but you still had Marvin Jones, you still had Amendola, you still had Quintess Cephas. They have really not thrown the ball deep. You still have Marvin Hall, who, you know, he, you threw a, uh, you know, a big 50-yarder there to Marvin Hall, but that was called back to it, a holding by Vitae there. Um, but I think the Lions need to expand the offensive playbook a little more. I think last year, for the first half of the season, the first eight games that we watched Stafford in this Bevels, you know, system, I think that they really, really expanded the field. It's almost like watching the Golden State Warriors play basketball a few years back. They didn't just, hey, let Curry go ahead and dribble the ball and, you know, toss it up for a layup or toss it up for a three or didn't just pass it down to one of their centers and go ahead and, you know, dunk the ball. They really expanded the court at that time. And the Lions expanded the field a lot. They had their checkdowns to carry on and, and this year to DeAndre Swift. They had their running attack with carry on Johnson and now they have AP and Swift. We know that Amendola is going to stay within the numbers or, you know, he'll at least stay within 10 to 15 yards. But you still need the offensive weapons that are going to go, you know, 20, 25 yards down the field. That's where, you know, the corners are going to stay back. That's when the safeties are going to stay back. And you're expanding the field more. So somebody like Amendola, if you're throwing it to him for a a nine-yard crossing route, you know, you're getting the job done there. 
So if you're throwing the ball to, to Swift on a checkdown, he has plenty of room to run because the, the safeties are so far back and the cornerbacks are, are, are off their man because the, the wide receivers are so back. So I think that, you know, this playbook needs to be expanded. I think the offense could be so much better. I think they, you know, they showed that a little bit with, you know, a few, you know, deep passes here and there. But I seriously think that you have so many weapons. It would be criminal for the Lions offense to not be ranked at least top 10. You have Swift, AP, Carrion, Marvin, Galladay, Hawkinson, Marvin Hall, Amendola, Cephas, Agnew. You have so many offensive weapons. It is almost criminal. And you're forgetting that Jesse James also, you know, helped down with a couple like quick routes, you know, especially when on fourth and one there that helped the Lions get a touchdown. Stafford's got to be better. He's got to throw more accurate passes. There was one where Jesse James was wide open uh, in that end zone, and, and he missed them on that one. But that's just, in my opinion, how it's have to, it has to be. The offense for both teams has to be better. The defense for both teams has to be better. So speaking of the defense, like I mentioned earlier, the Saints defense ranks 10th. The Lions defense ranks 28th. But don't get it twisted. The Saints defense has been awful. They allowed... 30 points back-to-back weeks. First week against the Raiders, who, against New England this past week, couldn't even put up 20. And then they just put up 37 to the Packers. Now, yeah, we put up, you know, we allowed 42 to the Packers. But, you know, specifically talking about the Saints defense, who has been pretty good in previous years, they have not been themselves. They've stopped the run well, but against the passing game, they have been terrible. So... You know, it, it it's more of a matter of, is this game plan going to be, oh, let's go ahead and, and run the ball down their throat with AP and Swift and carry on to kind of keep, you know, time of possession with the Lions. So Breeze and Michael Thomas and, and Kamara are on the field enough. Or are you going to be, hey, you know, they're going to throw the ball. We're going to throw the ball. Let's go ahead and have ourselves a shootout. And hopefully our defense is able to stop Breeze more than, you know, their defense can stop Stafford. So, you know, neither defense has been good at all. Um, Lions showed some promise last week. The Saints haven't showed any promise all three weeks throughout the season. So it's a, um, it's a matter of, of, of which offense is going to sputter more. And it's so tough thinking about it because you want the Lions to get a win. But you're thinking about, you know, could the Saints fall to 1-3 for the first time since 2016, losing three in a row for the first time since 2016, it's 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 a it's a hard it's gonna be a hard task, but you know we're gonna have to see. I mean, the Saints defense, if anything, they have not allowed a hundred yard rusher in forty one consecutive games. So you know you're talking about for forty one straight games, they have not allowed one singular hundred yard rusher. And against Aaron Jones last week, I mean, you know I plugged him into my fantasy lineup. You know the first three weeks that I did Aaron Jones, and he he put up numbers. Last week, if it wasn't for that late touchdown. You know, he would have been held to like 10 points, 11 points. So, you know, they helped stop Aaron Jones for a big portion of the game. It was just that they couldn't stop the play action. So, you know, if I'm game planning here, I'm running the ball, sticking to the run, and then play actioning it to Galladay, Jones, Amendola, Hawkinson. And use the running backs. Don't just use AP. I get it. AP is a, you know, a tough guy. But... Doesn't it kind of almost seem obvious sometimes how you're, you know, you're coming out in first down and AP's in the backfield? It kind of almost signifies the the defense that, hey, they're running the ball with AP. 
And I know sometimes they go ahead and they pass on first down. They'll, you know, play action to AP and, you know, they'll go ahead and check it down to AP and he, he goes ahead and runs for a good 10 yards. But I would love if the Lions, you know, kept it, you know, unpredictable for other defenses. Like, hey, start off on first down with Carrion Johnson. Carrion Johnson is the number one rated pass blocking running back. Think about that. So if you're going there and passing on first down, he's the number one pass blocking running back. So able to either run it to him and he's been pretty good in the run game and or you're able to play action it and then go ahead and, and, and pass the ball down the field. And if you need to check down to carry on, he can take it for 10 yards. What about Swift? Swift, you know, and I know the college game is different, but you're able to at least, you know, go ahead and, you know, run the ball with Swift and he can pick up four or five yards. Make it unpredictable. I get it. Sometimes you want to kind of just use AP and, you know, you know that AP will deliver and things like that. There's a lot of runs. Other than that first one of the game for AP, there was a lot of runs this past week where he ran the ball and, you know, he would get stuck at the line of scrimmage or he'd go for one, two yards. So, you know, in my honest opinion, I would, you know, use him throughout the offense, but I wouldn't use him as the primary running back. But it looks like that's what the Lions are doing. I think that they should, you know, go ahead and, and, and use Swift. They would go ahead and use Carry On. you know, make it unpredictable. That's all I ask. I mean, they sometimes, you know, will go with Latavius Murray, and, and, you know, I feel like they have the same problem too. They'll go ahead and have Latavius Murray, and that's automatically signifying that that's going to be a running, you know, play. But, you know, when they have Camara in, they're able to run it with Camara as well. So that's the unpredictability of it. Is, 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 and I really thought, you know, coming into this season, I really, you know, the pro comparison for DeAndre Swift for me is with Alvin Kamara. So what Alvin Kamara does is exactly what I think DeAndre Swift could do. It's just that Kamara got used as a primary running back. I remember, you know, you know, fun little fact here. If you remember in Kamara's first season, who were the running backs there in, in New Orleans? It was Mark Ingram. He was the primary ball carrier. They had signed AP, and Kamara was their rookie coming in. In a matter of a few weeks, they cut AP. And they just went with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And Kamara was getting a lot of the snaps. So, you know, that's what I honestly thought going into this year was going to be like, is that, hey, Carrion was going to be used, you know, efficiently in this system of how Mark Ingram was. Then... You know, AP would be used maybe in goal line situations or or third and short situations or second and short situations. And then maybe, you know, DeAndre Swift was going to get the bulk of the load in, in, you know, the passing game, the running game. And we will see because, you know, the thing about it was in the first game, Swift got a lot of the carries. He got a lot of the bulk of the load. He, you know, he out counted everybody on the team in terms of the running back room. In the second game, he had a pretty good snap count too. But then this last game, he only had six snaps on offense. And one of the plays, he took a pass for almost about 20 yards. So, you know, he's a talented kid. He, you know, I think that he should be used in this offense just as much as AP and carry on and, and everybody else. So, you know, I would use him. Another interesting fact going into this game is that the career head-to-head between Drew Brees and Matt Stafford is 3-3. Three and three. So, this could be the very last time Stafford and Breeze go head-to-head. So whoever walks out of this game will probably have the winning, 
you know, record against the other. So Stafford wins. He'll be four and three all time against Breeze and vice versa. Breeze wins. He'll be four and three against Stafford. So I thought that was a little interesting fact there. Okay, so time for my game picks and who I think is going to win the game. And also the keys to the game here. Um, you know, some keys to the game is, is obviously stopping Kamara. I think he's, you know, I know Michael Thomas was the offensive player of the year last year, but I do really think that Kamara is, is what makes everything function. Um, he's so devastating in the in the run game. He's so devastating in the passing game. you got to limit him. On those checkdowns, I don't know if, if, if you sh- have Tracy Walker shadow him or you have a DB shouting, uh, shadow him, like maybe Daryl Roberts or something. Um, I do think that, you know, you cannot have a linebacker on him. You know, Jamie Collins is some guy that, you know, usually does good against the running backs we've seen. But we're going to have to, you know, maybe see what they do. But Kamara stopping Kamara in the, in the run game there and in the passing game is, is, is something that's pivotal for the Lions winning. Another key to the game is get the offense moving. I think the offense needs to at least put up 24-plus points to win this game. I don't think you're going to win this game 17-14, uh, uh, 21-14. You're just not. You know, Breeze and the Saints, no matter how bad the offense seems like, they still put up at least 20, 21 points a game every single game. So you're going to have to, you know, score points here. It's kind of the, the Cardinal situation, too. Cardinal scored 23 points after three picks, you know. It's even surprising that the Cardinals scored 23 points after three picks, but odds of you picking off Drew Brees three times is highly unlikely. A one pick I could see, two picks at the most, but three picks is just not going to happen against Drew Brees. So if you're, you know, allowing the Cardinals, who have looked better than the Saints on offense, 23 points even after three picks. So, you know, let's just say one of those picks goes away. The Cardinals are at least putting up another field goal. They're putting up 26 points. Imagine what Drew Brees is going to do with Kamara and Michael Thomas back uh, and desperate for a win, what they're going to do with, you know, having – not throwing three picks. So, you know, they're going to at least put up at least 24 points. you got to kind of have to match that and, you know, maybe put up 30-plus points to win this game. So offense is very pivotal. It's got to start clicking. You know, we're four games into the season. This is Matt Stafford at quarterback here. Um, and we'll see what, you know, what's going to happen with that. And my final key to the game is very simple. No boneheaded mistakes. There's a lot of times where the Lions would be doing good throughout a game and then they'll fumble the ball. Or they'll miss a field goal. And then an avalanche of, of, of different negative things start happening in the game. Uh, interception, a pick six. Limit the mistakes. Limit the mental mistakes. No more offensive holding calls. No more personal fouls. No more holding calls. Limit the flags. They did an excellent job last game of limiting all that kind of stuff. Um, hopefully they're able to keep it up. Now, you know, every single week, uh, uh, Cynthia Frawlin here, she's an analytics expert for the NFL. She has a certain math where, you know, she'll simulate the game multiple times and, and there's a projected final score. Her projections are showing the Saints winning 61.3% of her simulations. So six out of the 10 times, 61 out of 100 times, the Saints are winning the game. And it's a projected final score of 28 to 23. So a little bit of, a closer than, you know, you'd normally imagine between Saints and Lions. Um, I think that's a fair score. Uh, You know, I'm going to go ahead and and, and also predict the Saints to win here. I think that having Michael Thomas back is going to help Drew Brees. Kamara has been excellent. I think that this one's going to be a close one. I'm going to go ahead with the final score of 28-25 with the Saints winning. Um, I think it'll just be, you know, it'll come down to the final seconds with maybe uh, um, a Will Lutz field goal by the Saints helping them to win. 
but um, it'll uh, come down to the final seconds, in my opinion. But anyways, uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate you guys listening. Every Monday, I'll go ahead and recap uh, the previous game, and then every Thursday, I'll go ahead and preview uh, the next game there. Uh, if you don't already, go ahead and follow me on DET Nightmare on Twitter. Uh, I post all things Lions, all things Detroit sports, so you guys can go ahead and follow me on there. Um, if you're listening on any of these uh, Anchor podcasts, Apple, uh, Google podcasts, uh, please go ahead and subscribe, and uh, I'd much appreciate it if you guys went ahead and gave me a five stars. Thanks again for listening. See you guys next time.